Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Well, welcome back to the Holy Ship Podcast. We are so excited to be joined by Tom DeLong today, who is the host of Thriving and Singleness. And we will be talking about um, just the singleness part of our lives, desiring marriage, and then just how God works in that in between. So welcome, Tom. Lydia, Emma, thank you so much for having me. Awesome to be here. I've listened to your podcast. It's fantastic the work you guys are doing. Thank you you so much. Perfect. So to start off, could you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and then what your experience was with dating and singleness? Okay, sure. Absolutely. So a little bit about myself is I am married. Uh, It's going on eight years now and I have a beautiful two-year-old daughter. And a lot of people look at me like I am running some kind of a scam when I say I'm doing a thriving and singleness podcast, even though I've been happily married. However, God had really worked in my life because when I was single, I struggled with that desire for marriage. And it was something that I really focused on. I kind of shaped my life around the idea of getting married. And that was my primary focus. And and I wanted that more than anything. And so I'd been brought to a breaking point where I just completely surrendered it. I let go of it. And I said, God, if you want me to be single for the rest of my life, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to do the crazy adrenaline junkie things. I'm an adrenaline junkie. So like, I'm going to do the crazy stuff that you designed me to do. And I'm going to find ways to use it for his glory. Like I'd been doing youth ministry with young life for about three and a half years. And I was just going to continue with it, run with it. And, and I loved it. And I knew that God had a better plan for my life than anything I could ever possibly come up with. But above all, I said, God, I want what you want more than what I want for myself. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks after, and and I don't preach this as some kind of magic formula of like, oh, let go. And then God's going to bring that person in your life. But it was two weeks after that God had introduced me to my wife. And from there, and man, I, I have my story posted on my podcast because it's such a long interesting story but to make a long story short without making it sound inappropriate like i took my wife to well i took larissa to la for our first date and she had no idea about till we got to the long-term parking for the airport now like a few things were in play that made this totally not creepy you know for one (laughs) we did meet through a mutual friend so we weren't just two complete strangers. Like we knew more backgrounds. We knew they were you know, trustworthy. I lived in LA for about a year and a half myself. For me, it's a second home. And I had separate sleeping arrangements. You know, when I told her, hey, here's what we're doing. We're going to get on a shuttle. We're going to take that shuttle to the airport. We're going to get on an airplane and fly to Los Angeles for the weekend. I said, look, you know, I, I have separate sleeping arrangements lined up for us. And if you're not comfortable staying at my friend's place, I'll get you your own hotel room. And 
so yeah, she, she got on board with it. We had an awesome weekend. I took her to all my favorite places. I took her where I used to rock climb. I used, took her to the local coffee shop of where I used to live in Sierra Madre, California. And it was just a fun weekend. It was a blast. So God had given me this crazy story. He had completely altered my heart. And he brought me to the point of, you know, just feeling that desire to do something with it. God has given me this incredible story and I know God wants me to do more with it and use it for his glory. Cause it's just above average how he worked in my heart before meeting her. And then how he, this relationship just kind of took off and it was, it was just so wild. So that's, that's my inspiration for the thriving and singleness podcast. I've been doing it for a year now. I've, I've had so many awesome conversations with people who are single and in that season. And I've just got a passion for people who are there because the whole goal is to encourage and inspire people who are single. Cause I'd love for them to experience life in that two weeks that I experienced that complete joy mm-hmm. in where God had me and whatever he might have ahead of me. So that may or may not have answered your question. I forget what you asked. I mean, I just kind of went on a rant there. So no, I think it definitely answered it. <laughs> I guess I'm curious, how was your experience or your attitude towards singleness before that two weeks? And then what mm-hmm. was I'll say the shift in that two weeks? Yeah. So, so beforehand, like I hated singleness. All right. And I was at the time working on my family's dairy farm. And so I kind of had my career planned out. I'm no longer working on the family dairy farm. I'm actually working at an investment firm now. So I was, I was always having that desire to get married and I felt like, okay, so what's, what's the deal here? I'm kind of set for my career. I know where I'm going to live. I have things pretty well figured out for the future and I'm doing youth ministry. And so I'm doing all these cool things. Like why am I not finding this person? Like, why is this so hard? Like, what's the deal? And, and I was really impatient towards the idea of getting married. I was treating it as somewhat of an entitlement towards Mm. getting married. And I was always watching, waiting, you know, looking for that person. But man, when I hit that breaking point and just said, you know what? I want what God wants, like whatever he wants for me, I'm going to go for it. So So the big difference is I completely trusted God in whatever might happen. And I desired for whatever he might have in store, whatever that might be. Cause I knew as, as I mentioned, like I knew like his plan is so much better than anything I could possibly come up with. And so like, I can, I can live my life as a, as a single person and still, and still have an incredible life. Like I lived beforehand in the expectation of getting married and planning around that and looking at stability and looking at ways that I can be able to be a husband in the future. But then that outlook transferred to the, the world opened up in a weird way. I mean, it seemed like the possibilities were endless at that point. I said, you know what, I could go into full-time ministry God can do incredible things with that. He's been doing incredible things through me in my last few years leading young life. And it took so much stress away 
just knowing that God was in control and not worrying about what I was trying to plan for my own future. So I think those are some of the biggest night and day differences from, from where God had, had changed my heart. And, and additionally, you know, there's, there's, there's a vibe that gets put out there by anybody that is, you know, in deep desire for a relationship or for a marriage. And it's kind of a desperation vibe. And, and I know that women have stronger senses than men do. They have a stronger sense of taste and I believe touch and smell. And I think when men are desperate, they can smell it. Like they can just tell like there's desperation reeking (laughs) all over this guy. And my wife is one that can sense that kind of stuff, of course, as, as pretty much all women can be that way. But when we met, that sense of desperation was completely gone. And she said, if she had met me that two weeks beforehand, she wouldn't have even given me a second glance. Like she would have just been totally put off by this desperation vibe that I, that I've been putting off for so long. And so it was something that she found a lot more attractive that I was a lot more relaxed. I was not, not worried about just like making it into a relationship, but like, there's so many things that just came together in such a weird way that it all just worked out. And in, in a weird way, I, I took her to LA for our first date because she had texted me that she was the most awesomest girl in the world. Uh, most awesomest thing that God put on the planet. That's what she said. So, and, and it just didn't sit well with me to take her out on a date as if she was just any other girl. So that's just what ended up happening. And I think I was hungry for In-N-Out Burger at that time. I love In-N-Out Burger. And so those, those I think are some of the biggest differences from, from where I was prior to when God had then changed my heart and I just kind of released it. And I'm just, just riding the waves of the storm. Like God's got this, like I can, I can totally rock, like whatever life God may have ahead of me. Yeah. I kind of want to touch on something that you said um, with the whole desperation vibe. Okay. And it's like, you want to have a good balance between like being completely nonchalant Mm -hmm. and like focused, I guess, not like desperate, but almost like having, um, not a plan, um, I guess, uh, like a want. And so you kind of, um, prepare like mentally for that. So I guess Mm -hmm. like in your singleness, how do you prepare for a healthy relationship and like balance that, um, that vibe between desperation and like, just like F boy type yeah that's the only thing i could think of (laughs) and and it's it's interesting you ask that i mean because sometimes i do wonder how that perception that i had gained would have played out over the long term Mm -hmm. because you know there are some people who have have come comfortable with what god might have for them and they're experiencing that that season of singleness longer than what i did of course and so i i know for sure god had changed my heart and in that time, I was like, hey, like God can have 
such an awesome plan for me. And I told my friends and I was like, hey, I'm totally cool with being single for the rest of my life. And then they kind of reverted to that. Oh, don't worry. There's somebody out there for him. Like, but <laughs> God might have a different plan and that's okay. <laughs> and so I do often question like how I would have been over the course of the next year. And I, I don't think I would have like relapsed in a way because no doubt in my mind, God had changed my heart. And of course, I'm not questioning God's timing because his timing is the best timing. Like you, you can't, you can't question the the timing that God puts out there, uh, especially in hindsight when when you look at how God had played out in my heart and in my in my story. But I know God had changed my heart, and and I think had there been that extra time where I I still had that desire, I think it would have been a much healthier approach. And many people may be in that place where they have surrendered it, but it is healthy to continue praying and asking God for what it is that you want. You know, I think it's, it's very important. Like if God has laid marriage on your heart, fantastic. Like marriage is great. I can speak from a firsthand experience. Marriage is awesome. Like I love it. And it's, it is something if, if God had laid on your heart, fantastic. But it's also so important to to make sure that you're not placing that desire above what God might have for you. Mm. And it's easy to do that too, because you can say like, this is what I want and this is going to be the plan and God's going to give it to me because then that turns into an, an entitlement, a, a desire for what you want above what God might have for you. So I don't know if that maybe answers your your question for for what you're looking for but uh did you have any other any questions surrounding that yeah no that that definitely answered it because i think that if you continue to pray and sort of like instead of shifting from this is what i want and shift Mm -hmm. towards like what do you what does god want for me you still have that you know linger like lingering like this is, you know, something that I had often want, but you're ultimately giving up that, that drive to do it all on your own. Yeah. And so you don't have that like desperate feeling, but at the same time, you're also not becoming like apathetic and just like completely casual to any yeah. girl you meet. Absolutely. And, and I told, I didn't completely just turn off that desire to get married because obviously, you right. know, in that two weeks I, I met Larissa, she piqued my interest. I thought she was very interesting. Uh, I thought she was a lot of fun. And she did tell me prior to us going on a first date, which was about, uh, it was, I believe six weeks after we had first met. Uh, I, I let her know how I felt. I thought she was really cool. And I said, Hey, like I'm interested in, in, you know, maybe pursuing a relationship with you. And she said that she wanted to just stay friends. And in the past, when I had kind of hit that roadblock, get in that friend zone, I oftentimes just kind of cut them out of my life. It's like, well, that's, you know, if that's not what you want, then okay. Like, I'm just going to go my way, you go yours. And that's that. Because I'd had my heart broken in the past. And so I actually had to go against that very nature that had been an, an, an unhealthy, to be specific, an unhealthy nature that had been distilled in me to to turn away from some from a girl who just wanted to be friends. And and I I said, okay, like that's all right. You know, 
I think you're really cool. I'm interested in just getting to know you, whether that's in a relationship or just as friends. I'm interested in getting getting to know you in in whatever way. And so so I didn't completely shut off that desire to get married. That was still there. I just recognized when God had opened a door and and I I walked through that door. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, a verse that I do want to share is uh, Philippians four, six through seven. And it's been huge on my heart lately because it's it just fits so in line with with what I love to talk about. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your desires to God. And, and give me a moment. My daughter crying in the background just distracted me about it. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the reason that means so much to me is, you know, I, in my past, I had been so anxious about getting married. And I believe so many people are anxious about the idea of getting married. And, and it, it says right in the beginning, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, present your request to God. It doesn't say give up on those things you want and trust God. It says, present those requests to God. If you want to get married, present that to God with prayer and petition. And the, when you're able to present those requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So like his peace, which like overcomes any bit of understanding that we have, it's, it's so much more powerful than that it'll guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so like he will be able to point us in the right direction when we are presenting those things to him and trusting him with that and, and praying for that. And so, you know, I think those things are very important. I think it's very important to pray for the things you want, but above all, trust God beyond your own understanding. Trust that mm-hmm. he has a better plan than anything you could possibly come up with and just just go with it, go for it. Yeah. There's a lot of um, negative feelings that go through your mind when you're single. And I think Mm -hmm. especially in today's day and age where you have so much social media pressure um, of just like couples and marriage and everything looks so good. And you, you know, you start to feel anxious, like, will that ever be me? Or you might feel like envious, how do you recommend and how did you like overcome feeling anxious or envy? Was it, you know, was it that like scripture for you that really helped to kind of curb those feelings or um, was there other like things that you thought of? So I'm going to sound like an old man now back in my day. So (laughs) I think I think things are certainly more difficult now than what they were previously because we're so much more immersed in social media. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in the days of MySpace. So like awesome. I was too busy changing the background on my <laughs> on my profile to to be, you know, flipping through all these images of relationships. And of course the 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 way things were were laid out in those uh, in those uh, media networks weren't quite the same as they are now, where you can just endlessly scroll through and it just it it not only will show you images of 
of, of what you just looked for, but images like it. So like, and yeah. images that you kind of linger on. So, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram, you know, they're just putting random stuff in there of, of things that they can tell keeps you sticking around. And it's so easy to get in that kind of discontentment cycle. And, and I think when it, when it goes into from a discontentment cycle to a, a jealousy cycle, you know, that, that gets a little bit more and more toxic as it can go along. You know, part of, part of that jealousy is, is saying, you know, I want what this person has for myself. And so part of that is a sense of, of discontent, of, of course, discontentment, but like an entitlement of what God should have for you. And, and so it can reflect where your heart is when it comes to relationships. And so looking towards somebody that is in, in a relationship in an envious way, I think that can be very revealing on, on where our hearts are. And that's, that's where we need to come to that point of, of surrendering and just laying that before God and saying, you know, God, please recognize I have this desire. Please help me to be able to get married someday. But above all things, I'm going to trust you with whatever happens. And it's so hard. Like, you know, I really wish that I'd come to that surrender point much sooner. And, and I try to encourage people in getting to that point. Only God can really bring them to that point. And oftentimes it's, it's different life events that bring them there. But if, if it's something that, you know, you know, you're, you're facing this discontentment, you're facing this jealousy, bring it to God, you know, say, look, this is on my heart. These are the ways that I'm feeling please bring me to the point of surrender. You know, I can't bring myself to the point of surrender. I've, I'm trying, but I can't. I need you to bring me to this point of surrender and just sacrifice this desire for you. Because like, we can, we can have a love for that desire that we have. We, we love the idea of getting married. And that can be dangerous as well, getting into a relationship because, you know, a desperate person getting into a desk, getting into a relationship with another desperate person. It can easily happen. I've seen it happen and it's toxic and it, it causes a foundation of, of emotional dependency mm. and it's very unhealthy. And, and especially if that can lead into a marriage, I mean, you're laying a foundation on each other that they're going to fulfill this need for, for, you know, filling this void in your life that you're supposed to be filling with, with God, you know, you're supposed to have God as your foundation and, and it's healthiest when you have two healthy individuals that have their foundations on God that are trusting him and everything that they can then come together and, and join together in, in building a foundation on Christ. Yeah. I think kind of touching on that, Actually, that and a couple points ago. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I ramble. <laughs> oh, no, you're so good. Um, I get a lot of advice that when you're single, you should be preparing yourself to be in a healthy relationship or preparing yourself to be your healthiest version so that when you get in a relationship, you, may, you know, maybe you aren't desperate or maybe, you, you know, you've gone through counseling, you've worked through all this stuff. So you don't bring mm -hmm. that into a relationship. But, which I mean, I think is great. 
I'm curious what your thoughts are on when you come to this place where you surrender, when you're preparing and doing like this, like work on yourself, Mm -hmm. do you think there's a difference between preparing yourself for a healthy relationship and just working on yourself, making sure yeah, I guess that you're just working on yourself. Like, do you think there's a difference between yeah. working on yourself and working to be in a healthy relationship, if that makes sense? I, I really think they go hand in hand because you, you can't be an unhealthy single person and prepare yourself for a healthy relationship because you have to be strong on your own. And when I say on your own, I don't mean absolutely by yourself. I think there's things that are important for singles to do to be healthy. I think relationships, as far as friendships, community, I think those are healthy things to do for anybody, and especially in singleness. But if you don't have the the healthiness as a single, you know, you're, you're not going to find that healthiness in a relationship. That's not going to be a cure. And if you're looking at it as a cure, it's, it's not going to cure you it's it's maybe a a false positive but that's going to falter eventually so so i think one big part of preparing for a healthy relationship someday is is focusing on yourself learning more about yourself and being healthy in your singleness and doing your best to thrive in your singleness Mm -hmm. as well so something that deborah filata said uh, many times is uh, healthy healthy singles turn into healthy relationships. Like they, they do go hand in hand. Mm. I have a question. While you're sure. working on yourself, do you think like how single does one need to be? Because I know a lot of people who um, are single, but they're still like going out on dates okay. like casually. I'm not really quite sure the entire philosophy of this, but like, what is your take on just dating with like kind of broad intention and just like going out there date to date? A lot of that does have to do with, with where your heart is and what your intentions are. You know, I think if, if you're dating, you know, you don't have to say I'm dating because you know, I, I want to marry this person. You know, there's a lot of things you need to learn and understand about a person, obviously, before you marry them. But mm-hmm. there's, there is a clear difference of, of just dating for somewhat of an entertainment sense, for filling a void of loneliness and, and not looking for marriage. If, if, you're, if you're dating someone, you know, you, it, that's, that's not a commitment that's but i think it's important to have the perspective of i'm i'm gonna see if this is a person that i may want to marry someday and i think that's certainly the the biggest point of of dating that that should be the (laughs) the number one point when it comes to dating but you know otherwise if if it's just like a casual level and you're not having any intentions of getting married ever or this person you know for a fact that you would never marry them then you have to look at your heart and where your heart is when it comes to why 
you know, why is it that you're dating this person? Are you trying to fill a void of loneliness? And here's the opportunity to not feel lonely for an evening, maybe, uh, you know, a couple, couple dates. Is it, is it escaping that? Is it, uh, you know, the feelings of lust, you know, I, I really want to go, you know, date this person because they're, they're beautiful and I'm very attracted to them, but I know that they aren't what God has for me. I know they're not the person that I should be with. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my perspective when it comes to dating. I mean, I'm, I'm very pro dating and, you know, dating, it, it should be, should be fun and, and it should be enjoyable. You know, my wife and I, we had a very fun, enjoyable dating relationship. And when, when I started dating her, you know, it wasn't a matter of, I took her to LA because this is going to meet my wife someday. And this is going to be a cool story because that's also kind of an unhealthy way to look at it of like, Oh, I'm going to take them out and they might be my wife. You know, it's, you don't want to get in a headspace. It's like, I, I want to be open to whatever God has in store but this person does check those boxes. They they are somebody who I who I think might you know be right for me. Or I need to yeah. You know, hey, let's let's go out for you know some coffee and and get to know each other and see if it makes sense. You know because if you know it if you go on a date and it turns out that person isn't checking those boxes, like okay, cool. Like you you kind of achieve the purpose of that date. And the purpose of that was to find out, okay, like this, this really isn't the right direction for us. And that's okay. Do you think that someone needs to have like a specific extended period of really, truly singleness, like no dating at all? Do you think that that would be a healthy and important thing to do? I think everybody's story is different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know a couple from my church, they were dating since seventh grade. And they have a wonderful, very healthy marriage. And so I can't, I can't speak and say, yes, you have to be single for this, this period of time. But I think it's very important to, to check where your heart is in the midst of that. And, and I'm going to be quoting John Chris like nonstop here, I feel like. Just check your heart. And I think it's, it's if you're in a, if you are in singleness and, you know, I, I think it's very important to focus on what God is doing in your life during that time and what his purpose is for your life and not building your life around the idea of of marriage necessarily, but building your life around the idea of what you feel God wants for you mm-hmm. and, and f- seeking his purpose in that. Yeah. I think just as maybe a last question. Yeah. Do you think that singleness is a gift? And then if so, how do you think you can use singleness as a gift? Okay. Yeah. So I know that a lot of people really cringe and probably say some nasty words to me in their mind when I say that I believe singleness is a gift. I think singleness is that gift that is underneath the tree. It is ugly, wrapped terribly, wrapped by me, not my wife. And it looks like there is nothing appealing underneath that wrapping paper. And people just want to shove it aside. There is nothing good that can come of come of this. There is nothing in here of any interest. Like 
that's not any good. But you know what? For those who look at that gift and say, you know what? I'm going to unwrap this and I'm going to see what's inside. You know what? They find something very incredible. And when they fully seek out what their purpose is in that singleness, they're able to find some incredible things that God has for them. And they have to just embrace whatever it is that God may have for them and seek that wholeheartedly. And so often it, it can be just such an exciting thing. You know, some people are holding off on, on doing some missions because they're like, oh, you know, I want to meet that special person and then, hey, we can go out and do missions. And it's like, no, why, why aren't you just going and doing those things on your own? I've had awesome conversations with people that are in the, in the missionary field and they've had some incredible adventures and they've done some incredible things and God has done some awesome things in their life. And for those who are looking at that gift and saying, I do not want to open that, they're missing out. Like there is so much to be explored in, in the season of singleness and they're, they're so busy and so caught up on what it is that they desire in their heart that they bypass the incredibleness of what God has in front of them. I think the phrase season of singleness was mm -hmm. so like funny to me. Yeah. Um, just like hearing it in a Christian circle because I was single for so long. I didn't even know I was in a season of singleness, mm -hmm. if you will. And it was amazing. I, in fact, I loved being single so much that I didn't even look for like people to date or to even go on dates. And I dated myself and like took myself out to do yeah. things. And that's, it was during that time when actually someone had to force me to go out on a date <laughs> All right. to where I was, you know, I finally in a longer, more, you know, stable relationship than I had been prior to being in such a long period of singleness. And I think the reason why that is for all the reasons that you've touched on is I was more, I was more secure like I wasn't, you know, having or wanting a man to affirm me in all yeah. of these categories because I, I already knew. And, you know, I had my own hobbies and interests that my whole world wasn't like consumed around, you know, one mm -hmm. person. And so, yeah, I encourage all of our viewers and listeners yeah. to really, you know, experience singleness well in all the ways that you mentioned, um, because it can just be so transforming. And yeah, I mean, I love being single. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, I think back, I'm like, huh, you know, I should really like do some of those things again, you know, that I might've forgotten about, or, <laughs> you know, the little, um, I guess self dates, what I, I used to call it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so incredible and, and to 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 date yourself and and to take that time to just really thoroughly know who you are yeah because there's a lot of people that that don't know who they are there are some people that might get into a relationship they may be that in a long time and they they lose themselves in that relationship and then when that ends they're completely broken mm -hmm. because they lost all sense of who they are mm -hmm. their identity was completely in another person and 
and you know something that i that i've i've said on my podcast is you know for one like breaking up should be easy and it's never an easy emotional thing to do i'm not you know i'm not you know looking down on the emotional difficulty of that but you know in the sense of, of people who decide they're going to be in a relationship and they're going to live together and you know that's convenient and that makes things easier for them and but one of the troubles is you know that can get you stuck into a, a dependent relationship mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden instead of just breaking up and dealing with that emotional stuff it's like well where am I going to live now how am I going to afford to live anywhere else like mm-hmm who keeps the dog yeah, and all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely very tough. And should you be testing that like in your mind as you're dating? Testing which part? Or test, you know, how like breaking up should be easy. Like, should you be mm-hmm. testing in a sense like, oh, like, could I live without this person? Or like keeping that in the background? Like, how do you um, identity check, if you will? identity check to make sure you're not like losing like, uh, your own identity. Right. Right. To make I sure think, you're not like assimilating into the other person. Yeah. And, and that's so easy to get lost in. And I think one of the important things you can do is your friends are going to see things so much better than you are and having a close group of friends and just asking them saying, Hey, like, how do you think, how do you think things are like with, with me and my significant other like how how do you think am i am i how do you think i'm doing in this relationship how am i doing Mm -hmm. with our friendship you know and and yo they'll they'll tell you if if you've been disowning them if if you're not who they uh not who you you think you are and and they'll they'll be they'll be the ones to to let you know when when something just doesn't feel right or look right and and that's that's one of the important things and that's one of the important things in in singleness is making sure you're surrounding yourself with with good people and you know you mentioned about like an extended period of of the season of singleness and there are some people that experience that season longer than others and one of the things that well there's a few things that I'm finding continually popping up in my conversations with different people who are single that I've found are important to be thriving in singleness. And so one of those is community and Mm -hmm. finding people like yourself that are, you know, kind of the same place in life that you can be spending time with, that you can, you know, be going to church with, you can be worshiping with, that you can just hang out doing different fun awesome things go on adventures with road trips i love road trips like you know go out and and see the world you know just go do these incredible things with with your with your community and so finding that community like if if you're in a church and say for instance you're not finding community there say you're a young adult and you know they have they have a youth program they have different adult Sunday school classes, but there's really not a place for the young adults and you're not seeing many other people like you, you know, Hey, you know, I think it's a healthy thing to, to find an, even another church. If you have to find a place that is going to provide that community. I think that's a very important thing in your singleness and that's going to help you grow as an individual. And so the second 
thing that I, I find very important and, and consistently see in people thriving in their singleness is, is that they have a strong purpose. You know, they find what it is that God has for them and they're chasing after it and they're just going for it. And so when they find a purpose and they're, they're fully chasing after what God has for them, you know, it, it really helps them to just feel a satisfaction in where God has them because they're not spending their weekends alone sitting on the couch watching TV with Instagram in hand and, and looking at all those images of people in their relationships, you know, and, and so having that, having a, a purpose allows you to be living a, a fulfilling life. And then, and then lastly, I see many of them, they, they have very strong relationships with Christ and they, they focus on, on reading their Bible and praying and, they're just, they're talking to God, they're reading and listening to God, and they're, they're continually having this, this awesome relationship with God. And so with those, those three things are, are probably what I see most consistent when it comes to the, the, the people that are doing incredible things in, in their singleness. And so that's my encouragement. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for joining us on this episode. Uh, we were just so excited to have you on and it was just such a pleasure, pleasure speaking with you. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can either DM us on Instagram or email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. And again, as always, it's always helpful if you rate our podcast and leave a review. So we hope you have a great week.